episode of Monsters and Masterpieces. I'm B. I'm Raven. And today we're talking about Halloween! Part two. Part two. So, our last episode, uh, Raven went over sort of the origins of Halloween, um, and I'm kind of here to talk about after that. When the party begins. When the party gets started. So I kind of decided to do sort of like um, a date range, so it'll go like 40s and 50s, 60s and 70s, 90s and 80s, and then like the 2000s. And then basically this whole episode's like fun facts. There's not really a lot of like quote-unquote history in this one, it's more of just like stuff that's happened or stuff that's kind of led up to what we have right now. For Halloween. Fun facts are my favorite kinds of facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably second behind creepy facts, but <laughs> that's okay. Useless fun facts. My brain. Right? Um, so yeah, it's pretty, uh, basically there'll be like fun facts and then it'll go into um, costumes and media and then candy. For each uh, time period, if there is a thing about those things. So, let's get started, y'all. So, 1940s to 1950s is what we're kind of talking about right now. Um, Despite vandalism uh, that would go hand-in-hand with Halloween, during the 1920s and 30s, by the 1950s, Halloween had transformed into a family-friendly holiday geared towards children. Children would go out with their siblings to trick-or-treat, while the adults stayed home to pass out treats. Um, Treats of then often were homemade goodies like baked goods, caramel apples, and plain fruit. Sometimes they'd even pass out money, which... Damn. Yeah, cool. Um, In this economy? (laughs) Well, (laughs) everybody was very prosperous during that time. Uh, it wasn't until the commer- commercialization of Halloween candy from candy manufacturers during this time, uh, thanks to the rising popularity of Halloween, did people start to hand out candy exclusively. So once Halloween started getting really popular, the candy manufacturers were like, hey, let's bank in on this. And so that's how we got Halloween candy. All right. That's... um. Yay Sounds capitalism. Like, <laughs> Sounds like all the other holidays. If the greeting card companies can't get in on it, the candy companies will. Yeah. Um, once candy was more introduced, Bazooka Joe, gum, Tootsie Pops, and Baby Ruth's were a popular candy during this time. I love gum. I miss gum. The really shitty gum that only lasted like five seconds. Like wow. zebra stripes. I hate that shit. Um, previously Halloween parties and fall festivals were community events held at town halls and community centers, but thanks to the post-war baby boom, Halloween parties were moving away from town centers and into private homes and schools to account for the large popularity of Halloween as well as the growing population. So before, um, Halloween became what it is today, it was more of kind of like just like a community thing. Um, and trick-or-treating was where it really, trick-or-treating didn't really get picked up until, like, like, seriously until the 50s, just because they were moving everything towards more, like, individual homes and whatever, rather it being, like, a, like, a fair, like, Mm -hmm. at the town hall. 
Makes sense. But they still did have Halloween, Halloween like parades and things like that. Um, in the 1940s and 50s, classic costumes like witches, ghosts, mummies, pirates, and pumpkins were still popular, with clowns and cowboys shooting up in popularity towards 1950, mainly due to spaghetti westerns. Clowns. Don't know about the clowns. Cowboys make sense because of, like, John Wayne movies and stuff. My Spaghetti mom, westerns. My mom's dad used to collect, um, clown paintings. That's unfortunate. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, everyone needs a hobby, but maybe, uh... He would have loved the clown motel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Michelle couldn't go into his house because she was definitely afraid of clowns and um yeah that's unfortunate it was, it was not a good time for her <laughs> um if you picked up a copy of the sears catalog in the fall of 1958 you'd see that kids could choose from a array of costumes including a gypsy a colonial girl a robot a bride and a fairy princess as well as characters from tv shows like lassie popeye bugs bunny and zorro so definitely, like, 1950s is when a lot of costumes around, like, TV, media, um, celebrities, uh, even political figures were popping up more often. It sounds like also a lot of, uh, cultural stereotypes and, um, appropriation, stuff like that, like, uh... Like, cowboys and Indians kind of stuff. Well, even, um... Like, the G word is actually a slur towards the Romani people. Oh, yeah. So they don't actually... I don't think they actually dressed like that. And they didn't act like the stereotypes played out. Um, they were just a group of people who were sort of, uh, like, set aside... They were considered lower class. They well, they were nomadic. They, yeah, they traveled a lot, and it was because communities wouldn't accept them, and were very racist towards them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and we still see those kinds of costumes today, which is unfortunate. After World War II, an optimistic and increasingly suburban America embraced the at-home cocktail hour leading to a glut of novelty barware that included toxic-themed glasses for Halloween. Two companies, George Burrard and Cyberglass, began making Name Your Poison sets in the 1950s, issuing them in different shapes with varying graphics. So it'd say, like, pick your poison, and it'd say, like, arsenic, cyanide. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Kind of fun. And so, in terms of media... 1955 brought The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, an episode from the popular TV show Disneyland, into homes across America. 1956 saw the release of the horror film Invasion of the Body Snatchers. In 1959, just in time for Halloween, The Twilight Zone premiered on October 2nd on CBS to wide acclaim. Mm. I love Sleepy Hollow. I have to... I have to do something Sleepy Hollow related every October... I don't know why. I just love it. It was one of my uh, movie fixations when I was a kid. The The Legend of Sleepy Hollow or The Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp in it? The one with Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that movie too. 
I've never seen this one, this one from 1955, so. Um, and then controversy. So, everybody's heard of candy with razor blades in it and shit for trick-or-treating. So here's kind of the origins of that. Uh, In 1959, that Halloween, a California dentist named William Shine distributed 450 laxative-laced candies to children, 30 of whom fell ill. He was later charged with the outrage of public decency and unlawful dispensing of drugs. What the fuck? I didn't find out why he did it, but I'm guessing he just hated Halloween. Well, if he's a dentist, he's trying to make kids not like candy. Probably that, too. And I guess one way to do it is to have them shit themselves uncontrollably. (laughs) After eating candy? I'll be honest, though. I love chocolate. That wouldn't stop me. Seriously. Um... And that was 19... Or 1940s and 1950s. So, 1960-1970... The common jack-o'-lantern pumpkin is actually called the Howden pumpkin. It's a type of pumpkin breed. And it was developed in the 60s. The variety is known for its large size, handle-like stem, and bright orange color. Love it. Love all pumpkins. <laughs> I have a pumpkin right now that's over a year old. I mean, it's more like a miniature gourd, but um, his name is Boris, and he just celebrated his first birthday at the beginning <laughs> of the month. <laughs> I love pumpkins. (laughs) Disney's first haunted mansion opened its uh, opened at Disneyland on August 9th, nineteen sixty nine. Due to its popularity, it was the beginning of haunted house attractions. Dang. Yeah. um, In California, Knott's Berry Farm began hosting its own Halloween night attractions, which is uh, Knott's Scary Farm or yeah, Scary Farm, uh, which soon transformed into a multi week slate of events. Uh, even evangelical Christians made their own anti-Halloween attractions. Jerry Falwell and Liberty University introduced one of the first Hell Houses in 1972. And Hell Houses were these, basically like a haunted house that you could walk through, but it would show you all the ways of how you were going to go to hell. Well, I guess they decided to threaten people with a good time. I, I would imagine that which, fun fact, I've technically been to one of those because, I don't know if they call them hell houses now, but, like, when I was, like, younger, um, they had this traveling, like, play attraction where it was an interactive interactive play where it was at a church, it was at this Baptist church, and you would go, and it was supposed to, you were, like, watching these teenagers, like, one was having premarital sex, one was, I don't know, doing drugs or something, and they all, like, did underage drinking, and they got in this serious car accident, and each scene showed, like, it was really gory and, like, scary, and it showed them going to hell, and you had to go to hell with them, and then, like, all this, it was crazy. I I was actually kind of terrified, because I was only, like, seven. That's not cool. Yeah. I can't remember what they're officially called, but it was kind of like this, like the Hell Houses. So, <laughs> the church is kind of notorious for being against scary movies, but here they were building these really graphic Hell Houses. Mm-hmm. But it was to scare you into not, yeah, to not sinning. Yeah. All right, well... <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess you could be scared, but only if it's for Jesus. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> uh, another sort of first haunted houses, the Junior Chamber Internationals, they were called JCs, clubs, became known for encouraging members to stage haunted houses in abandoned buildings as a way to raise money. In 1975, J.C.'s Jim Gold and Tom Hillglass of the Bloomington, Illinois chapter wrote a book on how to create a haunted house, making them the world's first haunted house staging experts. That's... Okay, I want that job. Mm-hmm. I want that job. Um, the 70s were an eventful decade for Halloween candy. In the first half, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups became so popular that Hershey Food Corporation had to double production in order to meet global demand. Meanwhile, Laffy Taffy was introduced in 1971, and Bubble Yum was introduced in 1975. The costumes of the 70s were simple, affordable, and stress-free. They typically consisted of a full-face mask and a plastic smock. The whole thing came ready to wear in a box. Popular picks during this decade included Wonder Woman, Raggedy Ann, and Barbie. But, in 1977, no costumes were more coveted than those inspired by Star Wars. Vancouver Inc. was one of the first licenses of the guises, and they quickly sold out, leading to what some called the Great Star Wars Halloween Costume Shortage of 1977. This led many Star Wars fanatics to resort to homemade get-ups. There were a lot of disappointed children here. <laughs> and adults, I, I guess. I feel the grief all the way from here. <laughs> uh, Halloween's equivalent of Jingle Bells, the catchy song The Monster Mash by Bobby Pickett and the Crypt Keepers was released two weeks before Halloween in 1962 and quickly jumped to number one in the Billboard charts. Ah, love a monster mash. The Addams Family hit the air on September 18th, 1964, and the show's seventh episode, Halloween with the Addams Family, became an instant classic in its own right. It was so revered, in fact, that NBC turned it into a television movie in 1977, 11 years after the show went off the air. Uh, on December 26, 1973, The Exorcist hit theaters, horrifying audiences everywhere. The movie, which went on to become one of the highest-grossing films ever, was so disturbing that theaters distributed Exorcist barf bags. The movie was also so scary that it changed the way people viewed Ouija boards to the point of fear and aversion. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released on October 1st, 1974, quickly becoming everyone's worst nightmare. The intensely brutal film spawned a film franchise, and Leatherface, the film's villain, is still a common costume today. Also in 1974, puppeteer Ralph Lee started the famous Village Halloween Parade in New York City. Hmm. I do have to say, to this day, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the only scary movie that really has any sort of effect on me because there's hardly any dialogue in it it is just this woman screaming Mm -hmm. for hours and it's it makes me physically ill whenever i watch it so it's it's an effective movie but one i've only watched like twice in my lifetime yeah. Uh, the knife-wielding Michael Myers made his film debut on October 25th, 1978 in Halloween. Whoop, whoop. The movie went on to become a lengthy film franchise. As you expect, Mike Myers' navy blue jumpsuit and white mask can still be found in costume stores today. Of course. We will get into that someday. <laughs> I have so many thoughts now that the trilogy, the latest trilogy, is done. 
Uh, the second half of the decade market marked the beginning for some of today's most popular Halloween sweets. Jelly Belly Beans were introduced in 1976, and the Ring Pop was invented in 1979. Mm. That same year, the Twix candy bar, already popular around the world, was introduced to candy lovers in the U.S. Yes. Love Twix. Which I actually didn't know that Twix was not originally a U.S. candy. I didn't know that either. Um, so now on to more controversy. Ooh, yay. <laughs> Another high-profile high case made headlines in 1964 when a 47-year-old mother from Greenlaw, New York, named Helen Peefel, handed out bags of treats containing arsenic-laced ant traps, metal mesh scrubbing pads, and dog biscuits. Peefel told police she didn't mean it maliciously, but was annoyed by the Halloween custom. The Milwaukee Journal reported she was later committed to a state hospital for mental observation. Oh, well, wait, don't participate. That's what the porch light's for. <laughs> like, damn. I know. How do you not intentionally put ant poison in somebody's bag of candy? Seriously. Well, I, I hope she got the help that she needed. Hopefully. And the most famous story, which um, incited continuing fear of trick-or-treating and Halloween candy, is um, in Deer Park, an opti- uh, Deer Park, Texas, an optician named Ronald Clark O'Brien, who handed out pixie sticks candy to several children while trick-or-treating with his two kids in 1974. His eight-year-old son, Timothy, died suddenly that night after consuming the candy, and an autopsy later showed the boy had ingested cyanide. Police managed to recover the poison candy from other children before anyone else ate it, but grew suspicious when O'Brien couldn't remember the house at which his son had received the candy. It was later determined that he had poisoned his own son for insurance money. Oh my god. He was convicted and executed for the crime in 1984. Executed? Yes. Okay, that's good. Well, I'm not somebody who supports the death penalty, but my god, that's... You just poisoned your own kid for insurance money, which had, like, back then had to be, like, what, $5,000 for a child? I don't know. But isn't that nuts? So, like, a lot of the rumors about, like, candy, like, fucked up candy, it's, like, most of it was from just... Adults. Adults, um, doing it to their own kids. That is so fucked up. Because the two cases before, nobody died. Kids got sick from the laxatives... But as far as I know, nobody got sick or hurt from that crazy lady. Damn. Yeah. We need to pause for one moment. My computer's dying. Uh Uh-oh. Shout out to our very first sponsor, Geeky Bees Nails. They made our Munsters and Masterpieces nail polish, which is selling super quickly. So get yours right now at their Etsy shop. I love our nail polish because I've always had a really hard time with sparkles. It either feels like really rough or chunky, but this goes on so smooth, like butter. It is super long lasting, very quick drying. I love it. It's some of the best nail polish I've ever had and I am obsessed with nail polish. So definitely get yours while you can. Yeah, and Geeky Bee Nails also has other nail polishes that are uh, fandom-based. So they've got like a Naruto collection, they have Plus Ultra, so My Hero Academia. Yeah, they definitely 
have a ton of fandoms. They have a lot more coming out. They gave us a little sneak peek. So there's a little something there for everybody. They are free of harmful chemicals and they are cruelty free, which I always love and appreciate. And you can find them on our website, on our shout outs page. There's a link to their Etsy shop. Or you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash geekybeesnails. Check them out today. All right, 1980 to 1990. In the early 80s, masks remained a popular Halloween choice, especially masks of Ronald Reagan, who became president in 1981. This was, like, really when, like, rubber masks, like, because, you know, uh, Michael Myers, that was really popular, so, like, rubber masks were starting to really um, be the norm for Halloween masks. Uh, While many schools staged Halloween parades at school during the 80s and 90s, the tradition has come under fire in more recent years due to concerns about students being left out due to religious or cultural beliefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The 90s saw a return to homemade costumes as people cobbled together ways to dress as their favorite actors and singers. Group costumes also saw a surge in popularity during the mid-90s. Spice Girls, of course, those sort of things. Um, 1982, release of two terrifying movies that became horror classics, The Poltergeist and The Thing. Wes Craven's The Nightmare on Elm Street was released on November 9th, 1984. The horror film introduced the masses to one of Halloween's most popular villains, Freddy Krueger. The movie Scream, which premiered on December 20th, 1986, would go on to inspire one of the most popular costumes of the decade. Ghostface. Ghostface. You can still get ghostface masks all the time. Disney released Halloween Town in 1998, and the movie quickly captured hearts across the country, becoming a holiday classic to watch with the whole family year after year. And then, of course, fun fact, St. Helens, Oregon, the city where much of the original movie was filmed, has its own Halloween Town celebration feature, where they set up the town to look like Halloween Town. I need to go there. Have Mm -hmm. to go there. Also, rest in peace, Debbie Reynolds. Everybody's (laughs) TV grandma. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much from there, it's, it's just kind of how we see Halloween today. Obviously, horror movies have really spiked, right? There's always, like, one big horror blockbuster each year, sometimes multiple a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say other traditions that kind of came up, um, in recent years was probably the um, teal pumpkin. So in order to make Halloween safer for kids with food allergies, the Food Allergy Research and Education Group launched the Teal Pumpkin Project, which encourages families to notify trick-or-treaters that they have non-food treats at their home by displaying teal pumpkins on their porch. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Also the the blue pumpkins. For autism. Yeah, yeah because some kids are nonverbal and you can get a lot of shit from adults if you don't say trick or treat, but yeah. yeah, kids shouldn't have to say trick or treat because you never know, uh, like what a kid may be going through. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, also pet costumes. Pet costumes are so popular now. Um, pet costumes each uh, reach a whopping three hundred fifty thousand million in annual sales, which is intense. I've contributed to that this year. (laughs) 
Um, and then, of course, costumes have just gotten a lot nicer, more detailed. Um, I mean, cosplaying has become, like, a profession, so, like, a lot of people make their costumes, but they look really cool. And we also have, like, Etsy. Etsy. That makes really detailed, handmade stuff available. Mm-hmm. And then we have Spirit Halloween Store that shows up in abandoned strip mall <laughs> buildings uh, every uh, uh, August to November. Previous Kmart's and Toys R Us's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. Halloween, guys. Gotta love Halloween. I do wish we had more events from other cultures, because I feel like a lot of cultures have a sort of um, day of remembrance for the dead. Mm-hmm. And... Our Halloween kind of started out that way, but very quickly moved away from that. It became very commercial. But yeah. I, I think the 50s really made it commercial. Um, because, like, pre, pre-40s, there was a lot of that sort of old tradition. And then a lot of the things that they did, like bobbing for apples, was, like, fortune-telling. There was a lot of fortune-telling. Mm. Ouija boards were more of, like also fortune telling and like seances because like spiritualism was really popular Mm -hmm. um and it wasn't seen as like dangerous or scary so that's like why when the exorcist came out people like immediately were like "Ooh, ouija boards are not good because like before that the the sort of public sentiment was that like oh ouija boards are fun they're just sort of like a toy and they're not really like whatever but then that movie came out and everyone's like oh yeah pretty much worked out the same way for tarot cards like tarot cards started out as like a regular card game Mm -hmm. and then um it got appropriated and all of this uh christian imagery got attached to it because they thought that they might be able to use the cards to communicate with god and then they discovered they couldn't communicate with god and they're like well this is shit like maybe this sends you to hell instead so we should just like ban it yeah (laughs) so which yeah it wasn't really until like like after the exorcist and it wasn't really until like the like 90s and early 2000s that ouija boards were more associated with just halloween rather than it being like general use and yeah shenanigans Mm -hmm. um and i was gonna bring up this satanic panic in the 80s but it really didn't really evolve around halloween it was mostly like dungeons and dragons and like metal music (laughs) because there's always been people against halloween like even in the 50s like when big christianity surged like there's always going to be those people that hate Halloween and think that Halloween is for, like, worshipping the devil, so... I remember when I was doing research for my portion that it did mention that there was a surge in Christians against Halloween around the time of the Satanic Panic mm-hmm. because of the whole, like, Samhain worshipping the god of death or whatever, yeah. that whole misconception... I just didn't really bring it up because it wasn't Halloween that specifically triggered it. It was Dungeons and Dragons and... Yeah. Halloween was just like a a side quest in the city. Yeah, it was a side quest. It was a side quest. So I didn't really bring it up, but... um, 
Oh, another thing that we started in the 2000s was trunk or treating. Right. So, like, instead of... Because, you know, as time has gone on, a lot of people don't trust or talk to their neighbors. And uh, they're so wary of their neighbors that they started doing, like... Or people who live in apartment complexes, they started doing trunk or treating, where a lot of the time they're at malls, or they're, like, somewhere, like, public... Where everybody brings their car and they trick or treat from people's like trunks, like with their cars, and uh, definitely saw a surge of that during COVID. Yeah, that was definitely a thing during COVID. Um, but I think trunk or treating started in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's very popular at schools and churches. Mm-hmm. People will just line up in the parking lot, and the kids can go from car to car. And then I've seen malls do it, where if you go to a mall, if you go to each store, they'll have somebody handing out candy. Oh, cool. But yeah, I, I also thought, like, we could talk about, like, what Halloween was like for each of us growing up. Well, Halloween has always been my favorite. Uh, something my aunt said recently is that I really loved decorating for holidays so it's like as soon as one holiday ended I was ready for the next one so as, as soon as it hit like July 5th I was ready to put up my Halloween decorations <laughs> and then as soon as it was like November 1st I was ready to put up Christmas um and I'm still kind of like that I, I put up my Halloween decorations in mid-August and I'll probably keep them up uh through November because I don't know Halloween's just my jam uh but I mostly dressed up as a witch I didn't have a lot of costumes that I didn't put I wasn't a costume person which is weird because I love Halloween so much I when I was dressed up against my will my first costume was a Dalmatian. Aww. Which is that picture that started circulating at work that I... I'm not proud of, but they made me submit. You, you regrettably <laughs> showed people. People could tell it was me because I looked like I was confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was a pumpkin princess. Um, at some point, I was a borrower. Uh, if you've seen that movie, The Borrowers, that was one of my favorite movies. My dad made me, like, a giant paper clip to hang on my belt to make it seem like I was a tiny person in a big world. Um, and yeah, pretty much every year other than that, I was super lazy and I was a witch. So, I don't know. I'm pretty much a witch all the time. It's kind of just my aesthetic, so I would much rather... And, like... Thinking about it now with my neurodivergence, I was probably super overwhelmed by, like, the noise and the lights and, like, all the kids and all that stuff. So I was really cool with just staying at home, watching scary movies, eating candy that my grandma bought for us. (laughs) Not to pass out. Carving pumpkins. Um, My grandma would uh, roast the seeds. So, yeah, I usually just went out because my friends were doing it or family members came over, like my cousins, and they wanted to go out trick-or-treating. So I was like, oh, I guess, like, if I have to. 
I guess I'll go. And so, yeah, now every Halloween, I still don't dress up. I just watch movies, make food, and uh, stay in my pajamas. <laughs> uh, well, for me, I also love Halloween. Um, you know, my, my mom and me and my brother would always decorate... I, I was the same. I liked to decorate for the holidays, and um, we'd kind of set it up as like a, you know, family bonding experience, um, where we'd get everything out of the garage and decorate, and we had this um, purple bat that we hung, so there was like a vent in the ceiling, um, like right in the middle of the living room, so we would hang this like purple bat from the vent. And it was this blow-up purple bat, and it had, like, streamers that hung down from it. <laughs> so whenever the vents were on, it would just, like, fly around. Yeah. That's that was, awesome. Yeah, it was kind of fun. And then uh, my mom had this, like... So a lot of our, like, decorations, no matter what holiday, a lot of them we got from Avon. Because my grandma used to sell Avon. Mm. Um, and Avon, if any of you are vintage people or love vintage stuff, Avon's pretty, like... A lot of people go for vintage Avon, like, home decoration stuff because it's really cute. Um, and they're, like, collectible. And so my mom had this, like, uh, black, like, scary tree. Like, it had a scary face. And it had red LED light bulb eyes. And you'd hung these cute little, like, wooden charm ornaments that were, like, pumpkins and witches and bats and stuff on it. And you could turn on the tree and it'd, like, scream. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. I want a screaming Halloween tree. <laughs> my mom still has it. I wonder if I can get it from her because I don't think she decorates anymore. Um, and then we also had, so in the 90s, McDonald's came out with the trigger, like, the Happy Meal um, the Halloween. Buckets. The Boo Buckets. Or the Mick, Mick Buckets. Girl, there are so many people in my Halloween group right now that are going to McDonald's, like, several times well, a day to get the different Boo Buckets. Well, that's because they came back with them. But, yeah, the original 90s ones, um, they were, like, these buckets that had this like lid that you could like turn and it lifted off and on the underside of the lid was a cookie cutter so you could make cookies cute and we have all of them so we have the the ghost there's a ghost a witch and a pumpkin and my mom has them all hope your mom has a security system (laughs) people are gonna be out looking for it I mean, they're going to have to go through our messy-ass garage. They're like, buried. <laughs> they're, like, buried. There's no way anybody would be able to find them. Um, but I mean, my mom still has those. And, um, yeah, I remember getting the Happy Meals around that time with those buckets. Um, uh, as far as, like, Halloween costumes, a lot of our costumes were handmade or, like, put together from items we already had or like items we like borrowed just because we didn't have a lot of money so like um I think my mom I think my parents bought bought Halloween costumes when we were really really young because they were a lot cheaper right because like little little kids or like baby costumes are a lot cheaper than like like 12 year old costumes I guess if that makes sense so like they definitely were cheaper yeah so, like, one year, there's, like, a photo I have of me and my brother. So, he was Hercules. 
So he had the padded, like, weird, like, oh, shirt like thing. Strongman arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had, like, the, the pecs and the, the six-pack. <laughs> and then I was a can-can dancer. So I had a little, like, tutu, and I had the pink, uh, the red tights and the black shoes. And me and him are, like, dancing in this picture. It's really cute. Um, and then one year I was Esmeralda because I loved Hunchback. Uh, I wanted to be Pocahontas, but my mom was like, no, let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. call. I mean, we lived, I I grew up near Native Americans, so yeah, I'm sure that would have been kind of fucked up. Um, as a white girl going as Pocahontas, but I did love Pocahontas. That was like one of my favorite movies. Um, but I went as Esmeralda. Which I guess still is kind of... Yeah. I mean, as long as... She's more brown, but... I feel like as long as you don't do the brown face... No, no, I we never did the face painting or anything. It was just me dressed up in her, like, outfit. And then I remember I had, like, a bunch of bangles on my arms and stuff. And I Cute. remember, like, jingling my arms around because they were really <laughs> loud. Um, and then my mom made me, like, a leopard... Like a kitty cat leopard costume where it was like this leotard jumpsuit thing and she like sewed on a tail and then made me like a headband with cat ears and cute painted on a nose and whiskers and then I've gone as a witch a few times. Um, see, I love costumes. I love dressing up. Um, my brother was Batman one year. Same with the padded, the padded top. He really wanted to be buff. I think that was just the style in the 90s. I don't know. A lot so of those cops, they're still like that, I Wait, feel like, for little kids. 90s Batman. Does that mean uh, Batman costume came with nipples? No, it was supposed to be modeled after, like, the 60s Batman. Okay. Like, Adam West Batman. Yeah. Um... I was, what else was I? I was like a pumpkin when I was really, really young. Like when I was like a baby. That's like the normal. Um, Rite of passage pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, I've been a witch several times. As far as like in adult costumes, I've been this like pinup sailor girl. That was fun because I was in college and uh, I showed up to a Halloween party and there was two guys dressed up as sailors. So we all took a picture. It was really funny. Um, (laughs) didn't plan that, but it worked out. Uh, what else have I got? I've gone in as Grim Reaper before. I remember, like, yeah, when Scream came out, my brother got a ghost face mask by that point. Um, yeah, and I remember just watching, like, horror movies, and I remember when Halloween Town came out, and I was, like, obsessed, and... Love it. Loved Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. That was, like, my favorite. Um, but we would, yeah, we would trick-or-treat around our neighborhood. And then um, once we were done with our neighborhood, our parents would drive us to our grandparents' house and then drive us to, like, other neighborhoods where we knew people. So, like, uh, I used to have a babysitter that I would go to their house. And they would overdo Halloween. So what they would do is they had these stuffed dummies so they had it in their house, too. So they had a stuffed dummy where it'd be legs hanging from the ceiling to look like a guy fell through the roof. Oh, my God. And then on top of the roof, they'd have the top part of the guy. That is extreme. 
And then the husband of the babysitter would dress up as a scarecrow and sit on the front porch to get kids to touch him and stuff. And he would stay as still as possible. And there was one year we went trick-or-treating at their house. And um, we had just gotten there. And, like, I think I had already... No, 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 no. Okay, so we got in there, and we went up to get candy, and my dad and my brother kept being like, you should sit on the, the dummy's lap, and I was like, no, this is sus. Like, I kind of knew that something was not right, and they kept trying to get me to do it, and I was like, no, and then he went, rah, and I was like, I knew it, I knew it. I mean, I screamed, but then I was like, I knew it, um, and so when we were leaving, he obviously reset himself to where he was perfectly still. And a huge group of kids came by. And he scared one of I think one of them touched him or kicked him or something. And he, like, stood up and, like, screamed really loud. And a bunch of kids screamed and started running. They were just, like, dispersing through the front <laughs> door. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like, my elementary school would always do, like, a fall festival. Um... And I always loved it because it was, like, carnival games, and they do a cakewalk. Have you ever done a cakewalk before, or do mm-hmm. you know what that is? No. So cakewalk is, like, you're trying to win cakes. Like, people would donate cakes. Oh. And you would try to win it, and it would always be this sort of, like, kind of, like, um, musical chairs, but it would be, like, uh, so they'd have it in, like, the gymnasium, and you would have to, like, step on a circle or something. I can't remember the specifics, but I think they're all numbered. And if you, they would call a number and you were supposed to like get to that number by the time the music stopped or whatever, something like that. So I won a cake or two at those. Those were fun. (laughs) I wonder if that derives from uh, the original form of trick or treating because the kids would go out and ask for cake. Maybe. So I wonder if. Yeah. Kind of came from that. I've never really heard of people doing cakewalks nowadays, but we used to, yeah, uh, they do the fall festival at the elementary school and they'd have like carnival games set up in each of the classrooms. I remember winning like eight bottles of two liter soda one year because they'd have like a ring toss where you try to get the the, the one liters. And I remember getting like eight of them and my parents were so pissed off because they didn't like keeping soda at the house. (laughs) So we had fucking eight bottles of soda. It was, like, two orange sodas. There was a Mountain Dew. I think there was, like, a few Cokes. Like, a Dr. Pepper and a Sprite or something oh like that. Yeah, I know. You got the whole soda company. I was happy as a clam, and they were pissed off because they had to carry it and put it in our garage fridge. Um, I, do, I do remember there was one year where my dad set a karaoke machine outside and hit it. And he would, like... Make noises? Yeah, make noises to scare the kids. (laughs) Um, Or also just, like, play Halloween music really loud. I don't like being scared. I don't like people scaring me. I get very violent when I'm scared. (laughs) But you watch... You love scary movies? Or is it because it's a safe environment you're not actually there? No, it's because, like... um, I don't like people touching me or getting close to me, Mm. but I can do any scary movie, but also I feel like my relationship with scary movies is a little bit different because I like to analyze them. I don't just, 
I can't just experience a scary movie. I have to be looking for something. Um, to scrutinize. Yeah, to scrutinize, but also like, oh, that's very relevant to today's social issues and like trying to dig out the metaphor. You're such an intellectual. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I love scary movies. It's my favorite genre. I would watch scary movies every day if I could. Um, but yeah, I don't like being in an unknown environment with unknown people mm. and people trying to scare me on purpose because I have my anxiety disorder and PTSD. I just don't, I don't handle it very well. Yeah. If I get too scared, I might punch somebody in the face and then they have to escort <laughs> me off the premises and nobody wants that. And it's just a reflex. I don't mean to do it. But like at some point when I got suspicious of people, like the scarecrow sitting on the porch, I would trick or treat with a pillowcase and I would just hold it up and I would wind it so it would get this twist in it and be really tight and I would sling it over my shoulder. Ready to attack. Yeah, ready to attack them back. And so I think maybe that's why I didn't get picked on as much after a certain age. <laughs> They're like, oh, I better stay still for this one. <laughs> That's a lot of candy in that bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still get scared at movie at scary movies. I think paranormal movies scare me the most because ghosts, you can't see them. Mm. And sometimes you do see them randomly and you're like, what the fuck? And, uh, so, like, haunted houses, sometimes I would get scared, but, like, like going through a haunted house. But usually I could be like, oh, this is fake, and I could get through it really good. We have a very popular um, haunted house called the 13th Floor. It's, like, one of the bigger, biggest ones. I don't think it's the biggest one, but it's one of the biggest ones where it's super, like, high-tech, animatronic, like, super, like, it's super long you have to go through the whole thing. It's super long. And popular enough that I think it actually goes all year and they just kind of change the theme. Do they? I think so. We do have some sort of haunted house that's open all year. They'll do it like a Valentine's be- Day. They'll do a Christmas one. Oh, that might be the 13th floor. I know that for... Uh, they're always sold out too around Halloween. Mm. And the tickets are expensive because they sell out. But, uh... I remember one year when I was in college, it was like my first year of college, I was dating this one guy, and he somehow got free tickets because he knew one of the guys that worked there or something, or one of the organizers or something. So we got free tickets to go, and we went, and that fucking coward um, wanted me to be behind him because he was too scared. And then when he'd get too scared, he would use me as a shield and then there was a point where he ran off without me. Oh and I mean, I was laughing the whole time. It was, I mean, it was funny because it was like, by that point, I like was like, oh, this is fake. Like, this is a haunted house. It's fake. Like, I'm not scared. I can be entertained. But not like shit myself. Yeah. Like, if somebody jumped out at me, obviously, I'm going to like flinch and be like, <gasps> but like, I'm not like actually scared. But this little bitch. <laughs> screaming his head off and like ran off without me and I was like all right 
And when he ran off without me, was near this, like, mental hospital area thing that they had set up. So there was this, like, crazy nurse, like, mental patient trying to, like, get me. And she was just following me. Because I was the last one. He, like, left me. And so she was just following me. And I was just like, all right, cool. I'm sure I heard her laugh a little bit, too, when he, like, ran off. But she was trying to stay in character. But it was... Yeah. Speaking of people breaking character... Last haunted house I went to, I've only ever been to two of them. Last haunted house I went to was at Elich's. I was like 15, went with a couple of my friends. Most of this haunted house was just complete darkness. That's not fun. No, it's not fun. Darkness and chainsaws, like, and I, I hate chainsaws. But anyways, I walk in, first thing I do is step on somebody's foot. <laughs> One of the workers there, I'm pretty sure they were supposed to try and scare us, but I stepped, like, completely stepped on their foot and heard them, like, mm. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know I stepped on you and you're just trying to do your job. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I can't say anything. <laughs> so... If I get them first, it makes me feel better, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's no fun if it's always completely dark. I hate it. Next year, they had it so people would have to crawl through this tiny space. Oh, no. I'm like, fuck that. No. 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 I'd ra- if I'm going to if I want to go through a haunted house, I'm, I'm just walking through it. I'm not going to be doing any crawling. I'm not going to be doing any climbing. I'm just walking. I want to experience something that would never be possible. Having, like, being stuck in a tiny space, that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Being stuck in the dark, also possible. Show me something I'm never going to experience anywhere else. Which is, like, I don't know, zombie doctor. Zombie doctor. My first haunted house, however, was made scarier because of my aunt. I was eight years old, went to Anderson Farms, and normally I would go there during the day for school field trips. So, like, petting zoo, corn maze, and, like, candy and hot chocolate, all that good stuff. She wanted to come back at night. At night, it was all adults and teenagers. The place was rowdy. It was the it was the haunted corn maze, right? Yeah. Or was it, did they actually have, like, a haunted house, haunted house? They had a haunted house in the corn maze. Oh. So they had to take us out there on a tractor, and then they would leave you out there. And you had to find your way back. Oh, God. Okay, that sucks. And so I was eight, and it had, like, your usual haunted house stuff. It had, like, murderous doctor, bloodbath, cannibal, you know, witchy, you know, stuff like that. A guy who pretended to eat a human heart. Um, But at some point, there was this guy with a chainsaw. And he started chasing us. So it was me and my mom and my aunt. We were running. And he chased us throughout the remainder of the haunted house. That's fucked up. (laughs) But it wasn't his fault. So we get home. And... I was, like, freaked out. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And my aunt 
was like, yeah, I know you were scared. Like I was holding your hand the whole time. I was like, no, no, you weren't. She was like, okay, well then it was your mom's hand. My mom was like, uh, no. Turns out she was holding Chainsaw Guy's hand and dragging him (laughs) through the haunted house with us, which explains why he kept trying to chop her arm off. (laughs) He was like, oh my God, this old lady's trying to kidnap me. So, sorry to that guy. Whoever you are, wherever you are. That a blonde lady with glasses tried to kidnap you and uh, <laughs> probably squeezed your hand till you had no f- feeling left in it. That's how she... <laughs> he was scared of her. Yeah, he was scared. <laughs> he was, like, trying to chop her arm off. He was like, lady, please stop. Please stop. So yeah, that was my first haunted house. Uh, I've only ever been to two of them, so. I've been to a good handful. I've been to, like, really, like, cheapy, shitty ones that were set up by, like, teenagers. Like, you know, they'd have, like, the high schoolers that would set up ones um, at community centers and stuff. And then I've been to ones where people would set them in their house. Oh, that's creepy. So when I lived in uh, Phoenix briefly when I was in high school, I remember one year we went to like a subdivision somewhere and these people had made a haunted house through their house. You walked through their house and it was a haunted house. And, uh, trigger warning. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I was dressed as a geisha that year. Ooh. I know. Ooh. I know. Not cute. Um, and the cheap robe I was wearing um I had it clipped and I accidentally stepped on it going through that haunted house and I lost the clip Mm. so I had to hold my costume together the rest of the night oh no I know it was horrible my some of my friends insisted on going trick-or-treating in apartment complexes when we were like I don't know 13 and this one dude was dressed up as a devil and was, like, inviting us inside his apartment. Ew. And my friend was like, okay. And I was like, bitch, no. You're crazy. We don't know this guy. He's dressed as the devil? Like, no. Oh, my God. So, yeah, not a huge fan of haunted houses in somebody's actual house. I would love to set up a haunted house in my house, but I just... I don't feel like it's very appropriate today. It's very scary. Yeah, because you don't know you don't know if they're a freak or not. Yeah. Like Unless you know them. I, I suppose if you know them. Like, my cousins did one in their garage. It was just the garage. And it was, like, a small one where they had, like, sectioned off the garage where you just... It was kind of like a tunnel thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. And then you'd get candy at the end. So that was fun. That's nice. But you weren't going through their whole fucking house yeah possibly being led down to the basement where get trapped get yeah Ooh. i mean though to be fair the one that i went through that was through that person's house it was just through the front door and it like traveled through to their backyard and then back into the garage and then out the garage so it didn't it was like a two-story house but we never went like upstairs or anything that's good 
that. But still, it's still, like, you don't know. I mean, unless you're, like, a super close-knit community and, like, you're going in with your parents or something. And, you know, whatever. But if you're just, like, a bunch of kids out with your friends... Oh, yeah. I was out with my friends. I was out with my friends. I was not with parents. <laughs> I mean, they weren't that far away, but still. But, yeah. um... Yeah. That's Halloween! I was that nerd that was really excited to get the Halloween pencils with the shitty erasers that didn't work. <laughs> pencils? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm set for the rest of the school year. <laughs> yeah, I love stationery. I am, if you are one of those people that gives out stationery for Halloween, I love you. <laughs> Just know I appreciate you. All right, this episode's run on long enough. <laughs> We've gotten into the pencil talk. I know, we need, to, we need to end this. Have a safe Halloween, y'all. I hope you get spoopy up in there and you stay safe and you have a good time because Halloween's great. It is. Drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Uh, spay and neuter your pets. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye.